And welcome into episode, I think it's 45, I keep screwing up the numbers, but I think this is episode 45 of the Stick to Hockey podcast. Jason Mertitis with you. Uh, give me a follow on Twitter if you're not, at Jason Mert, J-A-S-O-N-M-Y-R-T. Uh, follow the podcast at Stick to Hockey Pod. Uh, they're all there as well. Uh, you can check it out and make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating and review if you can as well. Russ, not here today. This is kind of a double dip this week uh, of uh, episodes because I had a chance to uh, just recently here in the last couple of minutes, as a matter of fact, catch up with Flyers goaltender Carter Hart for an extended 30-minute uh, conversation. And we cover a lot of ground here, including uh, a few people tweeted in and tweeted your questions to the tweet I put out on uh, Thursday night. Uh, a lot of your questions made it to Carter Hart, so uh, stay tuned throughout the entirety. They're all in there. Uh, that is going to come up in the back end of it. But uh, hear a conversation with Carter Hart here as the season ended uh, just uh, less than a week ago for the Flyers. He reflects on that, his time in junior growing up, when he became a goalie, why he became a goalie, and everything in between. So uh, joining us right now on the Stick to Hockey podcast, uh, Flyers goaltender, rookie sensation Carter Hart. Carter, how you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, I'm doing very well. I know uh, the ideal plan would have had you uh, at practice today or in preparation for a game tonight or tomorrow. It didn't work out that way. Uh, in a little decompression period since the season ended last Saturday, uh, as you reflect back, what is the, kind of the thought that comes to your mind uh, of this whirlwind of a year that you just had? Yeah, I mean, it sucks we didn't make the playoffs. Um, I mean, that's everybody's goal is to end up playing in the postseason. And obviously we came up short and it was disappointing. Um, but I think... If you look at our group and the adversity that we've gone through with a whole new coaching change, management change, um, to go through all that in the middle of the season and um, to battle back into the playoff contention race um, near the end of the season and be a couple points out of a spot in the middle of March, I'm sure no one thought we'd be even close to, to being there. So um, we battled back. And if we have a full season um, next year where we play the hockey that we played in the second half uh, this year, and we'll be in the playoffs, no problem. Yeah, far different fate. Uh, let me take you back real quick, because uh, w- when did you first start playing hockey, and when did you get in net? I first started playing hockey when I was four. Um, so I played forward for five years, and then I made a switch uh, to goalie at nine. Okay, w- was the desire always to, to get in net, or did that happen just by happenstance? No, actually, I wanted to be a forward because my dad was a player, and then um, so I just wanted to play forward, and then Actually, one of the times I think the goalie got either sick or something happened, and I went in net, and I just had a lot more fun. Um, I just like stopping pucks a lot more than scoring the goals. And I don't know, it was just the feeling that you get when you make a save. I just thought it was a lot cooler, and it felt cooler and, and than when you score the goals. And I was always really attracted to goalie equipment. I was really amazed and really fascinated by goalie equipment. It's like the gladiator thing. We're going to talk about that a little bit later because I'm the same way. Like The goalie equipment to me is like – it's like the monster in a movie in a lot of ways. Uh, um, So, so you get in net and you fall in love with the position and everything, you know, that, that goes with it, that last line of defense uh, kind of mentality where you're the one preventing and you can do Even if your team doesn't play well, you can still bail them out and win a game. It's a real great feeling. Yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to stop the puck. Um, I think if everybody does their job, then we're going to be successful and, for myself, I just got to worry about doing my job and then stopping the puck. 
And then if everybody else focuses on doing their job, then we're going to be a successful hockey team. So so you're like squirt age when you go into net. And uh, was there a particular moment as you were kind of getting used to playing goalie when you realized that, wait, I might be a little bit better than my the other kids playing? The realization that you were different and you were better at that position than a lot of other people and said, well, I might really, really develop myself into something really special here. Um, I thought maybe when I was 14 or 15, maybe when I was playing junior or when I was actually got drafted by my junior team and I went to my first junior camp um, in Everett. So I kind of got my first taste of the next level of, of, of hockey and, and um, how elite those guys were at that age um, and comparing myself to them. Um, I think when I first got that kind of taste of junior hockey, uh, I think I was 15, my first camp. So that's kind of when I realized that, um, that maybe one day I can play in the NHL. And that's always been my dream to play in the NHL ever since I first started playing hockey. So uh, that's kind of when I realized maybe it was a, a realization that um, I can make the NHL when I was when I was 15. I just kind of, when you get to the junior level and got there at my first camp, um, even that step, a lot of guys don't really get to. And it's it was just a cool moment. And um, I remember my first camp coming in there as a 15-year-old you're the young guy and you're playing with some 20 year olds or 19 year olds, 18 year olds. And, um, looking back at it now, uh, being a young guy going in there, it was so overwhelming. And then, then you get to be that guy when you're 19 or 18. And, and then it's just kind of like another, another thing you have to do. And then I kind of had to restart that process coming into pro this year as a 20 year old, being the young guy playing with men that are maybe 35 years old or 30 years old with family and, and with wives and kids, and um, it's a lot different. So I kind of felt like I had to restart that process over again. Uh, but then once I got settled in and once I got comfortable, um, then things started to really click. And with our group, as soon as I got called up, they were really good in welcoming me into the group and making sure that I felt comfortable with everything. And that was really huge for me just so that I could I could be myself when I go to the rink every day and, and not worry about stepping on anybody's toes or trying to – um, not be myself just so I could kind of fit in with, with everybody else. So uh, I think that was really important for me just so that I could just do my thing and, and just be me. It's funny because, you know, the step up from level to level to, to you go play junior and Everett for the silver tips. I remember when I played as a kid, I played for a triple A midget team called mid Atlantic dynamo. Uh, I go to the evals and, and the practices and every guy could just bomb, right? Every guy was good on a whole team and you weren't used to that. We had nine guys that were actually played pro hockey on that team. And it was like, it was like a massive, like, whoa moment when everybody can do something that only one or two guys at the previous level could do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely different from minor hockey to junior where guys are elite. Um, but then you go from junior to pro or junior to the American League level. And then guys are, everybody's can shoot a puck and everybody can skate and they're bigger and stronger. And then you go from the American League level to the NHL and you're playing with the best players in the world where um, there's a lot of things that the, mo- the average hockey player can only dream of doing. So it's, um, it's a big step. And I think you just have to worry about your own game and trust your game. And for myself, when I came up here, I just trusted my game and trusted everything that got me to this point and just played to my strengths and played my game. Um, and then throughout the season, just worked on a couple of things, tidying a couple, tidying up a couple little details here and there. Um, and then now I know what it's like to be 
a full-time NHL player in the day-to-day life. And I think coming into next year, um, I'll be better prepared to for whatever comes my way or whatever comes our way as a team, just with all the experiences that I've now gone through um, as an NHL player with the day-to-day, day-to-day life on and off the ice. So yeah, no question. Going into next year, yeah, to just go through all these experiences has, has been uh, very beneficial. Somehow you managed to get in your in your debut with the Everett Silver Tips a twenty six save shutout. You started off pretty well. You had some great numbers uh, playing in the WHL Goalie of the Year, uh, a tremendous amount of honors. I mean, your save percentage at nine forty seven in your last year there, and a one six zero goals against average, uh, just stunning numbers that you put up. But when did your technical work and that those aspects of your game really become your hallmark? How much detailed and technical work do you do in preparation for a season? Just the little nuanced things to goaltending. Yeah, I mean, in the off season, you have a lot of time to to work on the details of your game, and it's a lot different in the season where you're playing almost every second day. So it's gonna be can be hard to find practice time uh, to focus on those little details and tidy up a couple things, or uh, maybe you want to work on something specific, and you got to try and find time or try and fit that in. And so it's tough with a schedule where we're playing almost every second night. So, in in, in the off season, that's where it's time to kind of really dial it in and and we'll dig deeper on a couple little things and try and focus on some areas that maybe you need to work on or, um, but no, the technical game is a huge part of my game and something that I've worked on for, for many years with many various coaches that I've had from my coach, goalie coach back home, Dustin Schwartz, or my goalie coach from Everett, Shane Clifford. Um, I've had a lot of guys that have helped me, um, with my game. Um, ice hockey practices. Let's be honest. I played, I played the position. Uh, I coach now, uh, youth hockey, they've never been designed for goalies. Oftentimes it's actually ridiculous for a goalie in, in practices with nonstop odd man rushes, 2-0 and breakaways. And you know the players, they don't help you out at all. They sit there and dangle and, and try to make you look like a fool. Do you prefer practices with just the goalie coach and, and not necessarily the team? Do you accomplish more on the detail work when you can get on the ice and just work through some things? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit different with the position. Um, but I like to be a part of the team and practice and everything. And I think it's important that you do find your time to work on the goalie specific areas. But I know with, with Kim, our goalie coach here, he does a good job of finding that balance. And I, we always get a little bit of work in before practice for the guys get on the ice, just to kind of focus on some little details or just do a little bit of maintenance work. And then, then when it's time to go for practice, then we're ready to go. Uh, one of the things that uh, the legend of Dominic Hasek was that he wouldn't let anybody score on him in practice. You get that competitive in practice? Do you look at it that way? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't like any pucks in my net, so I'd rather have a clean net with no pucks in it than a net with a bunch of pucks in it. And no, it doesn't look good with pucks in it, does it? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> the, the net doesn't look good with pucks in it. No, it looks terrible. Yeah. Uh, now, growing up in Alberta, uh, who were the goalies you loved to watch and emulate once you got back on the ice? You know, you're watching guys at, in junior levels or international play, and obviously in the NHL. Who are the guys that you, you like to watch, and when you get on the ice, you try and emulate what they did? Yeah, I mean, I really liked Carey Price growing up, um, Braden Holtby. They're both a couple of Western guys. Um, just the way they play, and they're such good skaters. They're so calm in the net. They're very efficient. They're both good puck handlers. Um, their technical game is they're both probably some of the best technical goaltenders in the world. Um, so I think those two guys are who I really um, idolized growing up and getting the chance now to play against them. I've gotten the chance to play against Kerry twice now, and I've played against Braden. So 
um, it's it's been pretty special. And and those guys, I'm actually buddies with Braden. So every time we we play the Caps, I always get a chance to chat chat with him after the game and see if, how things are with him. And um, he's been having he had a, a great year this year, and um, I'm sure he'll, he'll carry that into the playoffs. Yeah, I saw you actually having an extended conversation uh, after a Caps game in the hallway with him. What did he have to tell you? But, you know, you get together with him. It's tough to talk to guys and keep in touch during the season, but when you play each other, you find a couple minutes after the game to talk. Well, what did he say to you? Honestly, a lot of times we just kind of talk about what's going on in our lives or how the fam- how our families are doing and um, just the little things. Not We don't really talk a lot about hockey sometimes. So, I mean, sure, we're talking about hockey and how our schedules are and how things are going with our teams, but a lot of times too, we just kind of talk about how things are with our day-to-day lives and with our families and friends, and it's just kind of nice to, to talk about those things with friends. Well, he's got one of the most uh, impressive playoff saves in history with that reverse paddle last year in the playoffs as the Caps went on to win the Cup. Uh, were there any guys For that sure. you, you wanted to emulate, that you liked watching play, guys like Jonathan Quick and go, that, I just can't play the game that way? That I that I wanted to emulate. Yeah, well, like you, like you like watching like a guy like Jonathan Quick, but just, you go, there's just no way I could play the position the way he does because he's so insane. Yeah, I mean Jonathan Quick is a freak in the net with it's his flexibility, and yeah. there's no one like that in, in the world. Like it's it's crazy how flexible he is and some of the saves he makes because of his flexibility. So I, think, I mean that's that's not my kind of style of play. Everybody has a style that works for them, and I think that's, that works for him. He's an elite NHL goaltender, so. Everybody has something that works for them. No question. Let's let's talk about your gear because a lot of goalies are insane and very particular about their equipment. Uh, always modifying chest protectors, especially with the what happened this past year at the NHL level to pare them down a bit. Leg channels in your pads, the feel of a stick. Uh, you know, are you real diligent about how your equipment feels on your body? Yeah, I am. I mean, I'm very picky with my equipment, and I have a tough time um, changing things with my gear. I'm very used to um, familiarity and comfortable, being comfortable in my own equipment. Um, so before I, beforehand, I used to wear Vaughn pads my whole life. And I just really like the softness in Vaughn and, and the feel that they had. And but they always kept breaking down really quick. And um, I actually tried CCM. My goalie coach here, Shane Clifford, tried to get me into CCMs a couple times and I didn't like it, couldn't do it. And then the last time I tried, I actually went out to the factory there um, and got to hand pick all the little details and all the little specs and the equipment that I wanted um, so that I would be the best fitted for, for my style of play. And that's the equipment I wear now. I'm in CCMs and I love it. I love their gear. And um, I'm just very, very picky with um, all of my equipment and making sure everything's right and comfortable and because i can tell as soon as something's off with my gear it just doesn't feel right you want to feel like you're not wearing it like you're comfortable in your equipment there's a comfort in your mind that way too isn't there yeah you just don't think about it yeah you just it just just becomes a part of you yeah Yeah, your chest protector is like lodging into your rib it's no good (laughs) um you and i talked after the last game and you were telling me that you use a 25 inch paddle on your stick i'm trying to get you to go to ccm sticks by the way as we talked about um (laughs) yeah i know at at six two you're i guess they call an average size goalie why the 25 inch paddle um yeah i mean i just i actually was in a 26 and then i changed this year to 25 i think just with the chest protector change too with the smaller arms um, the 25 inch helps me seal my seal my arm a little bit better, so I don't get get beat um, under my arm as much. 
Um, then I also wanted to kind of have better access to my blocker um, with any shots above my pad. And I just feel like I have better access down low with a smaller pad or, or a smaller paddle. Yeah, that one inch that the, the 26 inch gives you, you got to get, because above the pad is 11 inches, and that's the spot where everybody wants to go is just above the pad, blocker side. So to get, be a little bit lower helps you out a lot. Yeah, for sure. I think just kind of having a lower paddle um, has a lower starting point to where my hand is, and I think I have I have better access to any pucks down low. Any uh, any modifications you make to your stick? Um, no, there's nothing really that I there's not really any modifications I make to any of my equipment. It's just kind of different specs that I like um, with my gear that I'm used to. Uh, there's some goalies out there that'll keep trying and changing pretty much everything, every little detail in their equipment to try and find some edge. But I'm just, I'm just very comfortable with what I have and I know what works for me and what doesn't. Yeah. McElhaney who plays for Carolina actually shaves a, a good portion of his paddle uh, where the hand is there to kind of almost get a trigger feel to it. What hollow do you uh, sh- yeah. sharpen your skates at? Uh, half inch. Okay, good man. All right. Um, any any superstitions with the way you tape your stick or put on your equipment? <laughs> left skate um, first or anything like that? I just, yeah, I, I do everything left to right. I don't know. That's just kind of what I do. I don't even really think about it. Like, I just do it. That's probably one thing I noticed. I just kind of, everything I do is just left to right. Well, Whether that's putting on my pads, mm-hmm. putting on my skates, putting one leg in through my pants, or putting my glove on first and then my blocker. Or, I don't know. It's just weird that way. Yeah. Um, drafted in 2016 in the NHL entry draft, 48th overall. You were the first goalie taken in that draft. What was that moment like when they announced uh, the Flyers that selected you in that draft? Yeah, that was that was a really special day for my for my family and for me just to, um, be there, experience that, share that moment with them. Um, and here when my name got called, that was pretty cool to have, have everyone there with me and supporting me and just to share that moment with them. When you got to training camp this year for your first chance to make the Flyers and no more junior eligibility, what was your mentality coming into camp? You know, through preparing in the summer, a shot to make an NHL club, uh, you just turned 20 on August 13th when you headed into camp. What was your mentality uh, coming into that camp this year? Uh, just to make the team. That was my goal from the beginning. Um, I didn't care about my age and being a younger guy coming into camp. Just My goal was to make the team and to make sure that um, I did everything I could to earn a spot on that team. How did you How did you feel about your game in camp and through the preseason? Um, I felt really good. I felt good in camp. Um, thought I had a good camp, and I felt solid, solid there, and um, I thought things went well there. When you get down with the Phantoms, uh, you go down and you're seeing goalie after goalie go down for the Flyers. It was incredible. I mean, you the eight goalies used this year by them, uh, tying an NHL record. At some point, you're seeing all these goalies go down. You're going, I got to get the call here, right? Yeah, I mean, I know it's frustrating because you want to get the call and then um, you're not the guy being called up. But then I just stuck to it. And our goalie coach there, Brady Robinson, made sure that uh, just kind of reinforced to me that I'm going to get my chance, and when it does, that you want to be fully prepared, you want to be fully ready, and um, that's kind of the mindset that I just kind of approached it with was just making sure that uh, I took advantage of every opportunity I had there, um, worked on my game, refined some details, so that when I did get that call, that I'd be fully prepared and fully ready to take on anything uh, at the at the NHL level. All right, so the call-up happens. The first start, it's December 18th. Your your parents are there. Dad was a mess walking around the entire building. Mom was 
eating it all up. And Tommy Franks tweets in a question. He says, did Carter feel tons of pressure when he stepped in for his first game against Detroit? And if so, he still performed quite well under it. What was that like? Yeah, I mean, it was it was just surreal, that game. I know I was probably the most nervous I've been for a game in my life. I know I was trying to not think about it before the game and prepare like I always do, but you still had that feeling that uh, you're playing in your first NHL game. So there was quite a few nerves. Um, but once I kind of got into the game, I made a couple saves, and then I just settled into the game and started to play my game. And to be honest, I didn't really feel like myself until the next game when I played against Nashville. I was skating in warm-ups, and I just kind of felt like, all right, I've been here before. Um, this is just another hockey game, and I just felt like myself, like the nerves. I always get nervous for every game, but it's not. It's just a good type of nervous. It's not a serious where I'm throwing up in the bathroom or that kind of nervous. It's just that I, I always get nervous because it, just because I care. But once the game starts and the puck drops, then those nerves just go away, and then I just play. You guys like to feel the puck a lot. Do you, do you prefer some volume? You don't want to go long periods of time without facing anything. That's uh, it's tough to keep your head that entire time. But are you a guy that prefers some volume? Yeah, I mean, honestly, you never know what what's going to happen. It's going to be a, you're going to get a lot of shots. Sometimes they come in waves. You get a lot of shots um, in a couple of seconds, or and you don't face any shots for maybe ten more minutes. Like it, it comes in waves, and sometimes you get on you get an onslaught of shots for the whole game, or sometimes you don't get many at all. So. You just have to be fully prepared and just be ready for anything, um, whether that's 40 shots, 50 shots, or, or 15 or 20 shots. Yeah, the, the volume really doesn't matter. You, you watch the, one of the games, uh, the playoff games, where uh, that Mike Smith gets the shutout, 26-save shutout, but uh, 20 of those were high-danger saves, an incredible performance. Yeah. Um, yeah, I saw that he made a couple big saves. Well, he was incredible in that game. Eric Bowman tweets in a question. He says, was facing star players what you expected at the NHL level? And who and in what way has really impressed, surprised you uh, that you faced, a player that you face now in the NHL? Um, I would probably have to say Sidney Crosby is probably the coolest player that I've had to play against now. Um, played against Pittsburgh a couple times and my first game against them. Just the way he skates and how strong he is on the ice. He, you see it on TV, but then when you're playing against him, you realize just how good of a skater he is and how smart of a player he is. Um, and you can just see just how well he thinks the game. And I mean, he's got so much skill, and that's why he's arguably the best player in the league. He's he's very strong, and he's a smart player, and he's got a lot of skill. So it's it's pretty cool to, to play against him. Uh, there's actually another tweet that comes in for Cassandra. She said she's actually a Pens fan, but rooting big time for you. She said she's been following you since your time uh, playing for your country in Team Canada. Uh, does the attention of you being the savior uh, to the goaltending situation here in Philadelphia affect you in any way? I mean, not really. I just try to do my job. Like I said, I'm not really worried about what other people are saying or what they're thinking. I mean, sure, it's nice that people cheer you on and I mean it feels good to have people support you um, but I mean if there's people putting on pressure and all these other things like that doesn't really matter to me at the end of the day to me I just got to worry about what's going on in our in our locker room as a team and what's going on with my game and focusing on myself and and and, and our team 
you mentioned uh, playing against Sidney Crosby and playing against the Penguins. You know about the rivalry between the Flyers and the Penguins and the big game outdoors, the Stadium Series game. Uh, it, it appeared you were ticketed to start that game. Eventually, you have to have a conversation with Scott Gordon regarding uh, starting the Stadium Series. Scott seemed uh, really to get choked up, actually, when he told the media about how the conversation with you went. What was that moment like for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was disappointing to not get the start. Um, it was a really cool event, and then obviously I was I was injured too, so um, it just kind of kind of sucked then. But um, at the end of the day, I realized we got a lot of a lot of games left after this, and it's just one game. It's just another hockey game. I mean, Gordo said that I'm going to get another chance to play in hopefully many many more outdoor games, um, many more any NHL outdoor games. So um, I think for me, I just had to worry about getting healthy again and being ready for to keep pushing for the playoffs because we had a lot of games left. I think we still had 20 games or so left after that outdoor game, and uh, we were pushing for the playoffs. So uh, it was just one game, and, and that was it. I just had to kind of put it behind me and get ready to be healthy again and so that I could get back into the game as quick as I can. Uh, with Scott Gordon having been a goalie in his career and, and obviously been coaching for a while now, but the fact that he's seen the game from the crease – and he's been through the trials and tribulations of being a goalie. A lot of the things you're experiencing. Was he a big asset for you mentally? Yeah, Gordo's been really good to for all of us. I know it can be different for for players where a new coach comes in and it's a new change. But I thought he handled it really well in the sense that he's being thrown a new team in the middle of the season, um, especially with all the things that went down with with, with uh, the organization this year, with the cha- a lot of changes with the coaching, with the management. Um, so he did a good job of coming in and um, earning the guys' respect, and I know a lot of all the guys respected him and how he coached and how he handled handled things uh, with the day to day process. Um, so I know a lot of guys uh, really liked him and, and were really happy with the job that he did. All right, so your rookie season's in the books. Uh, you have your exit meeting with uh, Scott Gordon, the uh, Chuck Fletcher, and, and obviously Kim Dillaball, your goalie coach as well. Anything in particular they wanted you to focus on this summer in your in your work to, to prepare for next season? Yeah, I mean, it was all just positive stuff to talk about with our exit interviews. And, I mean, I'm sure you want those exit interviews to be happening in June. Um, but, yeah, uh, yeah, we got chatted about a few things um, with the summer and with the plan and then um, just being ready to go for next year. And that's that's the biggest thing is making sure you have a good summer of training um, so that you're ready for, for another long season next year and hopefully – a lot longer than, than this year. Having a, a, a partner with you, a tandem goalie situation, working with Cam Talbot, uh, he could be your partner next year. We'll see how that plays out in the off season. But how important is that goalie and uh, backup goalie or the, the tandem goalie relationship to push each other? Yeah, I mean, we, me and Talbs and, and uh, Ryan, we all really got along. And I mean, it's definitely different when you have three guys. They can be tough for, for one guy who's maybe not playing as much or – you don't get a lot of practice time or it can, it can be tough sometimes. And, uh, but I thought yeah, we all really did a good job of handling the situation. And um, Brian and, and Cam have, have been veteran guys in the league and they kind of know what it's about. Um, and they've been really good for me, for, for supporting me and, and helping me. And um, all those guys did a really good job of handling the whole situation. And um, they both did a good job of coming in here and, um, and playing. And, and those guys, I've been fun to play with. You know, me and Cam skate in the summers, and I get along with him really well. He's an awesome dude, and 
And Brian coming in here, he's a veteran guy. He's played in the league for a while. Um, just kind of was a good guy to um, tell me about the league a little bit and, and help me with a couple things. And um, both those guys were, were very, very awesome to, to work with. And, and it was it was fun. Yeah, two gracious guys, no doubt about it. Uh, Jenna tweets in a question. She says, your favorite guilty pleasure movie or TV show? Um, what are you watching on the plane? <laughs> I do watch a lot of, I like Eastbound and Down. That's probably for a TV show. I would probably say that one, Eastbound and Down, Kenny Powers. Yeah. On HBO. Got a nice mullet. Um, yeah, I like that show. And there's actually that Vice Principal show with the same guy, Danny McBride, on HBO. I like funnier shows, so something like that, or, or just like pretty classic show and friends or something like that. Keeping it light, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, Sh- uh, Shanna tweets in and says, Shanna Banana, actually, I should give her full name. She said, honestly, I just want to thank him, being you, Carter, being an incredible goaltender and getting her into Flyers hockey again. It only makes me love going to college in Philly even more. Uh, what do you think of Philadelphia? I love it. It's a, it's a really cool city. There's a lot of history. Um, there's a lot to do around around here. The fans are the fans are awesome. We have four four major sports um, teams here in Philly, and all the fans really care about their team. And it's just it's just a lot of fun to to play, be here and and play for Philly and get all the support and love from the fans and from the people. And um, you're getting cards from elementary community. schools and all kinds of stuff, man. It's great. Yeah, yeah it's been really cool. I mean, um, even when I just go to some. Like I went to a Phillies game the other night or going to a Sixers game and we're just going out for a bite to eat or sometimes you get stopped and people just kind of come up and say thank you and shake your hand, which is it's pretty cool and it's pretty special that they care about you and, and the team and, and all their sports. Yeah, they certainly do. It's a very passionate fan base. Carter, ha- have a great off-season of training and preparation for next year. I uh, really appreciate you doing this. Uh, I know the season didn't end the way you wanted it to, but best of luck uh, this summer, best of luck next year, and we'll talk down the road. All right, sounds good, man. Thank you. And there it is, Carter Hart, Philadelphia Flyers goaltender, the hope for the future. And we thank him for joining us here on the Stick to Hockey podcast. Coming up next week on the podcast, well, obviously, Russ will be back. We'll go through all the different things that are happening with the NHL playoffs. We'll see if there can be some upsets. The Leafs win game one. Columbus somehow beats uh, Tampa Bay in, in game one, coming down, coming back from a 3 nothing deficit. So we'll recap all that next week, plus next week on the podcast. Uh, Flyers center Sean Couturier will join us right here on the Stick to Hockey podcast. Everybody, enjoy your playoff hockey. And uh, remember to subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review. Enjoy it, everybody. Have a great week.